Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our NJ Decides 2022 Election Exchange podcast. I'm Brianna Venozzi, and uh, we're less than two weeks away from the midterm elections where your vote is critical and could decide the balance of power in Congress. All 12 congressional seats are up for grabs here in New Jersey, so... We are talking to the candidates and drilling down on the issues to help you decide where to cast your vote in November. Today, I'm here with three-term Democratic incumbent Josh Gottheimer looking to represent District 5 again for a fourth term. District 5, of course, spans Bergen, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Representative Gottheimer is being challenged by Republican Frank Pallotta. It's a deja vu there. Uh, Representative Gottheimer, thanks for joining me today. Thanks it's good for to having see me. You. It's great to see you. It's good to be back in person. Yeah, it is a deja vu. Another rematch here. So fill in the blank for me. Uh, if reelected to Congress, my number one priority is what? I think my number one priority will continue to be to fight for the people of the 5th District. You know, my, my job is to work with everyone, Democrats, Republicans, anyone who's willing to help Jersey. And so we've gotten a lot done the last couple of years and over the last several years fighting for Jersey by clawing more money back to the 5th District, uh, up 357 percent in terms of what we've gotten back since I was elected. What does that mean, clawing money back? What does that mean? to? to so when you said, you know, people pay taxes, they send them to Washington. And, you know, historically, Jersey, especially the 5th District before I got there, you know, didn't really apply for a lot of grants for a, a fire truck, for an ambulance, to help a nonprofit, uh, to help our communities out. You know, there's all these resources, but you got to apply for them. And if you don't, you don't get. You know, it's like the old adage: you don't ask, you don't get. So one of the first things I did when I got to Congress was actually start working with all of our towns and our counties, and saying, and our nonprofits, and our firefighters, our cops, and saying, what do you, what's out there that we could get? That if we fought for it, we can get from these other states, like the, I call them moocher states, that get far more back to their states than they put into the central kitty, into Washington. We just had not been good on it. And we've changed that. We're up 357%, as I was saying, since I started in terms of what we've gotten back. Last year alone, that was worth $750 for every household. And imagine if you get a fire truck, which could be a million dollars through an AFG grant, if you get a fire truck, right, that's money that the town doesn't have to put on their property tax bill for the taxpayer in that town. So it helps you saving your property taxes, lowers uh, tax impact, right? So it cuts taxes for that town when they get the fire truck back from Washington versus that truck going to Mississippi or Alabama or somewhere else. So you, Congressman, um, for some time now have been touted as the second most bipartisan. Who's number one, by the way? I'm the most the bipartisan House. Democrat in the House. Uh, okay. My colleague of the Problem Solvers Caucus, my co-chair, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick is a great guy uh, from Pennsylvania. All right. He's the uh, other most bipartisan member. So that, so he's the most bipartisan Republican. I'm the most bipartisan Democrat. So as such, yeah. um, this is definitely a different beast that you're dealing with uh, down on Capitol Hill than perhaps in your first term and, and even in your second term. Uh, how are you going about those negotiations to help your constituents at home um, who are really concerned uh, about their representation? Um, and about the way the parties are swinging these days. Well, you know this. There's there's a lot of noise, right? So if you're on the extremes, uh, you, there's a lot of attention on social media, on some of the cable news channels, right? Lots and lots of fighting. And they reward it by getting more ads, right? So it encourages actually more conflict instead of less. There are those of us, like in the Problem Solvers Caucus with Brian and I, when, when we're now, believe it or not, 
58 members of Congress, 29 Democrats, and 29 Republicans. We get together every week we're in Washington with one objective. Where can we agree? Where can we get things done? And accept 80% versus insisting on 100% or nothing. So in this last Congress alone, we got a bipartisan infrastructure bill done, working together. Right? That, that's the resource. I, I, I helped write that and pass it. That's the legislation that will help our roads, our bridges, build the gateway train tunnel between New York and New Jersey. Um, we got legislation called the PACT Act to help our veterans who are exposed to toxic chemicals. The CHIPS bill to make sure that we actually build things here, semiconductors in the United States, instead of relying on China and other parts in Asia for our chips, everything from our phones to our cars, um, right, which we were behind on and we got to build more domestically. We got bipartisan gun safety legislation done, right, working together. And just a couple weeks ago, I led a bill called the Investor Protect Act to invest in law enforcement to help fight crime, right, for, for training, for retention and recruitment of law enforcement, for mental health for law enforcement, all bipartisan, right? 153 Republicans voted for my bill in the House that nearly every Democrat voted for. And it's all done by working together. And, you know, it's time, I think, people realize that there are a lot of people in Washington who wake up and put country ahead of party and, and realize that that's what we've got to do as a country. Mm. Uh, you also voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. Uh, but most polls, another Rutgers-Eagleton poll just out this week show uh, a lot of folks in New Jersey support that, but also don't feel that it's going to help their pocket. So how should the White House or what's the most effective way, do you believe, for the White House to bring down prices right now? Well, first of all, that bill is a very important piece of legislation because it actually reduces the price of prescription drugs for the most expensive prescription drugs. It'll cap out-of-pocket uh, expenditures for Medicare for people with prescription drugs and will cap the price of insulin at $35, not to mention help on energy uh, prices and you know, not a single tax increase for families or small businesses in that bill, right? So it's actually a it's a great piece of legislation. But the bottom line is, people have got to know about it, right? And so we're 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 going around talking about it as much as possible. And I think people overall, to your to your second question, have to understand that I wake up every day and I have for for months and months and months thinking about one thing: how do we reduce costs and how do we make life more affordable for folks? And uh, I put out an affordability agenda for Jersey about a year ago, um, which started with saying. First of all, we got to deal with the supply chain issue coming out of COVID, right? We, we are out of the height of this pandemic, which wreaked havoc, as we all saw, on, on the world, right? On our ports, on our shipping, on our infrastructure. People started getting everything delivered in a way that they hadn't before, yeah. so it changed the way we shop. Um, and that obviously had a, a very, very big impact on global supply. So we've got to deal with that issue and making sure we're prepared there and that our ports, like in the port of Newark nearby here, are prepared to handle more ships and more incoming and, and be ready to offload that. Um, secondly, we've got to deal with energy prices, and I, I favor an all-the-above approach on energy, meaning we need to increase our domestic capacity of energy, of oil and gas, as well as focus at the same time longer term on alternative energy. You have to do both, and it's a false choice to say you can't do both. But the idea that we'd be relying on Russia and Putin uh, or terrorist Iran or communist Venezuela for more of our energy is outrageous to me. We've uh, The prescription drug piece we talked about, you know, getting those prices down, clawing more back to Jersey, as I said, you know, that's a great way to lower taxes, make things more affordable by getting back as much as humanly possible. And the last part that I'm talking a lot about lately uh, is looking at the collusion that's going on in the meat in uh, meat prices and the grocery store and food prices, because obviously with the situation in Ukraine that's had the, and the crisis in war in Ukraine that's had a very big impact on gas prices and food prices, right? Because that's a huge supply of wheat and fertilizer to the world, and that's obviously affecting prices uh, around the world and here at home. So when you look at what's going on at the grocery store, the other big issue I've discovered is that the top four meat 
processors in the country, the people who, not the people who raise the cattle, but actually those who process meat, they control 84% of the market. And prices of beef are up in the grocery store 300% since COVID because they've gotten together, in my opinion, and this is being investigated now, they've gotten together uh, given they control nearly the entire market uh, and have raised prices in an outrageous amount. We should be going after that. There's, you know, If you collude, you're not a capitalist. And so right? that's something you feel, as a member of the Problem Solvers Caucus, in a bipartisan way, yeah. you'd be able to tackle. Well, We're working item, in a bipartisan way on that, like item, I do on pretty much everything I do. You didn't mention, Congressman, was SALT, state and local yeah. tax deduction, which uh, I'm pretty sure I was at probably a dozen of your Press and you'll be at a dozen more way back. <laughs> um, you've been criticized by your opponent, uh, Frank Pallotta, and other Republicans uh, for your, you know, quote of saying, "No salt, no deal" on a lot of these big spending bills that, that you have voted for. So, what can you tell your constituents um, about that, and whether or not you still plan to fight for it? A thousand percent. In fact, continuing to fight for it as we speak. But two pieces of information, and uh, you know. I, I uh, call my opponent Froster Frank because he likes to tell some serious fibs. One of them is he leaves out of the equation that the 2017 tax hike bill that the Republicans and the red states jammed through the Congress gutted SALT, right? So it used to be you could deduct every single thing you paid in your state and local taxes before you paid your federal taxes, right? That's what the SALT deduction was always about for more than 100 years. Uh, and then suddenly in 2017, the red states come along and they say, aha, this is not an issue for us that we worry about, so we're going to just cap that off and gut the state local tax deduction. My opponent was out there vocally saying, oh, that 2017 tax bill is great, right? And he's, he's quoted publicly of talking about how great it is. He literally supported the bill that gutted SALT and raised taxes on families in the 5th Congressional District. Um, now he's suddenly trying to get some religion, and I'm happy to have him join the fight if he wants to, although the problem we've had, and we've now passed three times, and I was very happy to be part of helping lead this, three times in the House of Representatives to restore the state and local tax deduction. And it goes over to the Senate, and you know, I don't work over there. Three times now, they've refused to pass it. Red state uh, Republicans refuse to vote for it, refuse to support it, so we can't get it out of the Senate. Um, I'm hoping they wake up and realize that it'd be good for the country, and it's just the right thing to restore it. So I'm going to keep fighting. In fact, we've got another opportunity, I think, uh, in early December with another bill to fight for it again. But it's not like we haven't done our job. We've actually gotten passed out of the House three times. Very proud of that. And uh, so I, I, my, my line in the sand remains the same. It hasn't changed a lick. Congestion pricing has become uh, one of your focal points of late. Are you spending too much time on that as opposed to perhaps salt uh, that might have a wider impact on more people, more uh, folks in your district? Well, I always think, and you know this about me, uh, there's 24 hours in a day. You should be able to do it all. Um, and I'm focusing on anything that can make life more affordable for folks. So one of the things I am uh, focused on a bit, as I'm focused on salt uh, and restoring salt, uh, and I talk about that all the time as well, is uh, this congestion tax, which I'm glad you brought up. Um, right now, New York is trying to jam through the MTA, that's their public transit, a $23 a day new tax, uh, which is called a congestion tax, to drive south of 60th Street into Manhattan uh, for everybody, which is crazy. So you go, you pay $16 a day, right? That's uh, $4,000 a year to go through the tunnels or over the bridge, right? And now they want to whack you with another $4,000 a year to uh, uh, just drive south of 60th Street. You've proposed some items to, A, keep folks in New Jersey in the first place, get some incentives for, for, 
for businesses to set up shop here and to do away with it altogether. Right, could you imagine, so you're talking about hardworking people, uh, a nurse who goes in the morning or someone who works at a hotel, you know, and, and they're suddenly, and they don't have, we don't, unfortunately, we've got a lot of public transit deserts in, in northern New Jersey, places where there just isn't mass transit. There's no opportunity. They're going to have to drive. So suddenly you're taking the middle class folks, just like salt, wax middle class folks. And I've said, you know, my opponent who actually supported, as I mentioned before, gutting salt, that's raised taxes on folks. And now this is another tax increase. And you just don't do this. And the New York small businesses are complaining too. And so are the outer boroughs because it's going to force more trucks to the northern part of the state and to the outer boroughs and hurt a lot of families. So what I've said is, listen, New York wants to keep going with these crazy fees. And especially now that uh, coming out of the pandemic, people say, hey, I don't want to commute to New York every day. I'd love to stay in Jersey most of the time, go to New York when I have to. What we've said is, let's have a tax incentive. And the legislature led by Joe Lagana, who's a state senator working on this yep. right now, putting in place a, I call it stay in Jersey, uh, uh, tax credit for for businesses that have a presence in New York who are willing to open up a regional office in northern New Jersey so people can work part-time out of there or full-time, sure. or they move the business completely. Give them an incentive to do so. Stay in Jersey. Avoid commuting two hours a day. Support our local businesses. Right. Help our local economy. Keep our income tax here in Jersey where it belongs instead of helping New York, who literally, the MTA just turns around and tries to whack us every day and thinks that we're their piggy bank, they're their ATM machine. Uh, yes, and I've heard you say that uh, a few times about the ATM machine. Let me bring it back because uh, we've got just a couple of minutes. Uh, sure. You're in the home stretch now. Mm -hmm. um, would you welcome any of the major Democratic Party players in to campaign for you? I'm thinking, of course, of the president, um, perhaps the House Speaker. Would you be open to them coming to stump for you? Listen, I think if uh, the president came with some way to, with a giant check to invest in northern New Jersey on uh, a way to help New Jersey, I'm, uh, again, I'll sit with anybody, Democrat or Republican, and I'll welcome anyone, Democrat or Republican, if it's good for Jersey and, and helps our folks. Would you support I mean, the president uh, if he looks to seek a second term? I'm getting through November, and then we'll talk about that. I got an election. The question is, who's supporting us here? And uh, that's what we're focused on. What's your message, Congressman, uh, your final message to voters uh, as they hear this? Some are already casting a ballot. Uh, now, you know, obviously, you know, we have the uh, vote by mail system in place here. What's your final message? This election is really all about common sense versus extremism, right? And that's how I see it. Do you want somebody like me, who's going to fight for you and fight for our Jersey values, whether that's making sure we protect choice, which my opponent is an extremist on and says we shouldn't have choice even in the cases of rape and incest or the life of the mother. Uh, he called abortion manslaughter. Um, or do you want someone like me who's going to fight to uh, ensure just doing the right thing by, by folks? You know, my opponent, uh, uh, Frank Pallotta, literally said the Oath Keepers, the group that attacked the Capitol on January 6th, who attacked police on January 6th, he called them good people. And he told me that I should get to know him. Well, let me tell you, that is not in line with our Jersey values. What people should know is that I'm going to continue to fight for them. Uh, and we need someone who's just about common sense, not about the screaming and yelling. We need people who are willing to actually sit down at the table. And my record is very clear and long on that. Whether it's fighting for, to restore salt, uh, whether it's fighting uh, the congestion tax, whether what you talk about it's helping to get our roads and bridges or standing by our veterans or our police. You know, I'm endorsed by... All the police, the state and local police in New Jersey, the PBA, the FOP. The reason why law enforcement is with me because I stand by them and get their backs. we got to fight crime and do everything we can. And people know that we just need reasonable common sense governing, not screaming and yelling. And that's really the difference in this election. 
All right. Congressman, thank you Thanks. Uh, very much. That wraps up our chat with Representative Josh Gottheimer. Uh, thank you again for coming in. We will also be speaking with his opponent, Frank Pallotta, so uh, we encourage you to check back for that episode. NJ Decides 2022 Election Exchange is a NJ Spotlight News production. Jamie Kraft is the executive producer. Our executive in charge of production is Joe Lee. Rob Rowan is the producer. Elvin Badger is the director and Frank Brown is our audio recording engineer. Chloe Motisi is our production manager. And David Krieger is our audio editor. Thanks for being here.